0: For the last several weeks we have been diving into Ephesians, um, but, but today I wanted to break away, excuse me, I, I'm loud, I don't know, um, I, we wanted to break away for, for just a week, do I need to quit moving? Okay, uh, we, we wanted to break away, sorry, for just a week uh, and, and talk about mothers and talk about, you know, of course, doing the baby dedication and um, just wanted to take a step back and break away from, from where we had been going to focus on moms. And first of all, I want to, before we do that, I want to discuss the baby dedication a little more uh, because it's, it's something that's so meaningful and it's something that's very impactful. Um, and, and so again, the, the whys and, and why nots of why we do it. Um, so why do we do baby dedications? You know, we talk about it a little bit here, but the reason that we do it is so that we know that we're raising up our children correctly. We know that that our parents are acknowledging raising up our children correctly. And so that's why we do baby dedications. We we offer the parents support. We offer the parents a time to come and publicly say, I'm going to raise this child up at least knowing who the Lord is. I'm going to raise this child up. They're going to be presented the gospel. I'm going to have them in church. I'm going to continue to show them the love of Christ as their parent. And again, for us as a church, we, we look at it as an opportunity to go, these parents are committed, so we're committed to the parents. Um, several weeks ago, we going through one of our last series, We I took a week to talk about why we do children's ministry the way that we do it. Why do we do Collide at Highland the way that we do it? And, and really what it comes down to is that we are intentionally and purposefully pursuing Jesus with our children. We are pursuing faith. We are presenting the gospel. Everything that we do within Collide is meant to show them the love of Jesus. That's every every decision that we make, when we plan for VBS, when we plan for Sunday mornings and, and Collide music, and everything that we do is pointing these children to Jesus. And that's the same with, baby, with, the, with the child dedication. We are agreeing once a year or however often we do it that this is our intention. Our intention is to walk alongside families to help present Jesus to their children. Now what baby dedication is not is your child receiving salvation. This is just a promise by the parents that we will push them in faith we will show them what faith is we will present the gospel to them but it's not salvation for your child and in doing this and in the way we do things we understand that this is not the final the final say but that we are going to continue to pursue and continue to push them to faith in jesus and as we look back over Scripture, and we look back over the years and years of Old Testament, there's a, there's a point in which we see this, this idea, the early, early idea of what baby dedication or child dedication look like. And in Exodus 13, they have, they have now made it out of Egypt, and they are on the journey. Israel is on the move. And so here it is the Lord says to Moses Exodus 13 starting in verse 1 The Lord says to Moses consecrate to me all the firstborn whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel both man and of beast is mine And so he he gives the two the two things that he wants he wants the firstborn from animals as a sacrifice He he wants he wants to the people of Israel to show and understand their dedication to the Father as He has been so dedicated to them. Israel was God's firstborn. He, he, he was the, the firstborn to them. He's who God set apart. Israel was God's firstborn. And just because, and just like that, God wanted the firstborn in return. He wanted the firstborn of animals and He wanted the firstborn of children, not as sacrifices. Kids, don't worry. <laughs> It wasn't as a sacrifice. He wanted them presented to God as God, whatever you would want to do with my child, do it. He is here for your service. He is here for your service. They are here to serve you. Because of your faithfulness to us, because of your continued pursuit of us, we are now giving our firstborn to you. And again, it's it's not a... Take him and, have, and do whatever and be gone. It was a promise to God. God, I, you have done so much for us. You have, at this point, led them out of slavery and got them out of this just horrific situation. And so the return is just, promise me your firstborn. Promise me that, that your child is going to pursue this faith that you've carried with you. That's where we get the idea of baby dedication. And of course, it's evolved over years, and then it's taken in a different direction, and what we see now in infant baptism and things like that, it's, that's not what this was. This was a promise to God that those children would be faithful servants, that they would be faithful to the Father that has been so faithful to them. And we see it throughout Scripture. It's a very common theme Of what children are to us and what they are meant to be to us. In Psalms 127, verse 3 tells us, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. That's what our children are. Our our children are from the Lord. God has placed those children, your children, in your life. They are a reward of the fruit of the womb. Matthew nineteen fourteen, people are bringing their children to Jesus and, and they're, they're surrounding Jesus and the children are talking and, and being children and the disciples are trying to push them away and move them back and Jesus said, let the little children come to me, do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. As much as the Lord is for us, the Lord is for them. As much as we understand that the Lord is is for us and with us and walking with us, it's the exact same for our children. Again, that's why we do things so intentionally within our children's ministry. It's because it's not just for us to keep and to have and to, to, to store within ourselves. It's for them. And lastly, as we talked about in the baby dedication, Deuteronomy 6. As he's laying out how he how he wants this generation to come together, he tells them Deuteronomy six verses six and seven, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. They had been shown this love. They had been shown this this life that, that God was leading them to. They had the words of the Lord at this point, the, the ones that they had had. And he's telling them, I have put this on your heart. I have placed all of this on your heart. So I want you to do the same for the next generation. Show them this when you're, when you're hanging out at the house, when you're walking down the road, when you wake up and when you lie down. Share the love that I have shared with you with your children continually, nonstop, share the love of the Lord with them. So again, like when we do this, when we, when we do these things, we do so in a way that is intentional and very exact on how we present the word to our children. And the great thing about Scripture, again, it's this collection over many, many years, but we have a few amazing examples of mothers in Scripture. And so today, over the next few minutes, I want to take a look at some of the mothers that we see throughout Scripture. And there's a very common theme, and that's why today I've named this the faith of a mother. Because there's a very common theme. Every time we see Scripture talk about a mother and talk about how she she was with her children, it always came back to faithfulness. So today, the first one is Hannah, the mother of Samuel. And Hannah had waited for a child for many years. Hannah had waited for so many years, they were getting up in age. And so she made a promise to God. And we, we find this promise in 1 Samuel chapter 1. In verse 11, she, she tells God, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affection of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall touch his head. She was so desperate to be a mother. She was so desperate to, to provide life that she was like, if you'll just give him to me, I'll give him right back. I will turn him over to you and he will be whatever you call him to be. It was such a desperation that she just said, God, here's the deal. And because of her faithfulness, not because of who she was, not because of anything specific about Hannah, not because of anything outside of faith, God gave her the child she asked for. And she did exactly what she promised. She did exactly what she told God she would do. Moving on in 1 Samuel 1 and to verse 26 it says, and she said, oh, my love, as you live, my Lord, or, oh, my Lord, excuse me, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. And we see the life of Samuel just continue to, to spell out over the next, the next several chapters. Samuel, in fact, is the, the prophet that then goes on to call Saul to be the king. And then once God realizes that Saul isn't what he was called to be, then calls David. And Samuel was a part of this process. But it started with the faith of his mother. And God would have moved in in whatever way God wanted to move. But we see that God moved this way because of her faith. Because of the faith that she showed over and over again. God, just if you give me a son, I'll give you him back. And that's exactly what she did. Samuel went on to to be a prophet and to be a priest and to to share the love of God everywhere that he went and, and share the Father... And all that he did. And this, so many years later, we, we look back and, and to where Samuel calls David because of God's word. And then David sets into motion the lineage that would then come to Jesus and Jesus being the Messiah. But because of her faithfulness, again, it wasn't because she was perfect. It wasn't because of anything that she had done It was just because of her heart, just because of her faithfulness to God. We see it again in Sarah, Abraham's wife and the mother of Isaac. There's also a very common theme of of mothers that were just so desperate to be mothers. But but for Sarah, it was a much, much bigger deal. She was, the scripture says very kindly, um, older in years. She was old. She, guys, she was old. But even then, she was faithful. And, and, and even when they slipped, and even when they didn't follow exactly what God had called them to do, Sarah was still faithful, and God was still faithful to them. And even though God made her wait, Sarah was faithful and patient, and even though it caused pain, because there was pain in the words that she shares. There was pain. There was heartache. But God knew what he was doing. He knew that one day that he would put into motion and give Sarah the son Isaac. And that he would go on to continue the legacy of his father. Another mother that we find later in Scripture in the New Testament is is Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And, And once again, Elizabeth was patiently waiting for a child in her older age. The the angel comes to her husband and says, Look, I'm going to give you a child. And he says to the effects, But I'm an old man and she is well in her years. But even then, Elizabeth was faithful and God gave her the child that she asked for. Luke one twenty five says this, And after all these days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me, to take away my reproach among people. They believed, they, they truly believed, that not having children was a sign that sin was in their lives. That they, the people around them believed that, that because she couldn't bear a child... Maybe there's something wrong with her. Maybe there's sin in her life that she's not repenting of. Maybe God's mad at her. Which is a crazy thought back then. But that's what they believed. They believed that because she had not had children, there was something wrong with her. But again, she remained faithful. And not only did she remain faithful, but then she, she conceived a child and was was carrying this child when Mary visited, pregnant with Jesus. And the baby does a flip. The baby jumps for joy in the womb, it says. This baby would go on to be John the Baptist. This, this baby would go on to be the, the one to sound the trumpet. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is going to be here. Guys, I'm telling you, he's here, he's coming. It's crazy enough, he's actually my cousin. The Messiah is coming. And because of Elizabeth's faithfulness, John the Baptist would go on to preach the gospel and share that the Messiah was coming, baptize Jesus, and live a life that he was called to live. As we look back over these moms, again, there's, there's this common theme. There's this, this revolving door of faith. Which brings us to our first point today. Through faith alone is how we raise our children. These women were given children in their older age. They were given children when they didn't think that they would ever have this opportunity. They were given these opportunities not because of who they were, not because of their perfection or anything that they had done, but because they were faithful in God. Your child, mothers, today, let me talk to you. Your child will remember your faith over so many other things. We, we talk about it often, um, different meals that we had as kids. And, you know, when we look back and, and go, yeah, that was my mom's favorite meal to cook. I don't remember specific meals. And maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe this is just an issue of me and my terrible brain and bad memory. I remember I remember some I remember some specific occasions where we had chicken and dumplings. I love chicken and dumplings. We that's what we had as kids. I remember that one meal. I remember uh nacho night was always my favorite. But I don't remember the the big meals. When we talk about, you know, what did she cook on her birthday? What did she want on her birthday? Food probably, I guess. I don't I don't remember, but you know what I do remember is being in the hospital at the age of five and looking at her worried sick, but continuing to say, God's got this. Continuing to look at us and go, you know, this is terrifying. This is scary, but God's got this. I remember my mother's faith more than I remember gifts she bought me or meals she cooked me or any of those things. I remember her faith. I remember her not being perfect. Your your children are going to remember these things. And it's okay. We're not called to be perfect. Mothers, fathers, we're not called to be perfect. We're called to be faithful. I can look back at specific points and, and my mom went through a very hard time for many years and there were many years that, that we weren't on the best of terms. And eventually as I grew up and got older and as, as God worked on my heart and God worked on her heart and we got back to a point where where we could communicate and communicate effectively, I remember watching her faith continue to grow. And again, she was fifty two I guess when she passed. But I remember watching every day as her faith continued to grow. At the age that she was at, I remember walking through her house after she had passed, and seeing a wall in her bedroom, and this wall was covered in sticky notes, and these sticky notes were prayer requests, and there was you know my name and my wife and kids names, uh, my brothers and their their families names on the wall. And then there were people from around the world she was praying for. That's what I remember about my mom. Your faithfulness is what your children are going to remember. Your faithfulness to God is what your kids will look back on and go I remember having good times, I remember having fun, I remember great meals, but I remember her telling me about the love of Jesus. That's what your kids are going to remember. The most important thing that you can do is share faith with your child. We see a really cool example of this in, in Scripture when Timothy, uh, or excuse me, Paul is writing to Timothy in the second letter to Timothy, and he tells him he, he's he's talking about this faith that Timothy carries and, and how great it is for Paul to see this in Timothy's life. And he tells him this Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in in your mother Eunice, and now, I'm sure, dwells in you. Timothy's mother and grandmother carried a legacy of faithfulness, and we don't know much about them other than Paul addressing them in this letter. But it was so much a part of this life and a part of this community that Paul felt the need to go, I saw it in your grandma, I saw it in your mom, I see it in you. The legacy that your children will carry with them is the faith that you share with them. It is a faith that affects generations. a faith that affects generations. The second thing is is faith presented in actions. Your faith has to be presented in how you live your life. Put your faith on display through love. On how you love them, how you love your husband, how you love your neighbor, how you love that that person that is in your office that irritates you, but you go ahead and love them anyway. Put your faith on display. We all have one. Put your faith on display. Because they're going to go, you know what, I, I remember them. I remember her not really caring for this person, but she was never hateful. She was never rude to them. She never talked bad about them. She carried faith through actions. She loved them like God called them, called her to love them. The, the best part about this morning, we get done with this child dedication and that the two mothers involved then get on stage to lead worship. And their children watched them do that. Their children watched their faith being put on display by coming up here and leading the congregation in worship. Put your faith on display for your kids. It's in how you love, it's in how you serve, it's in how you talk. If we present the gospel and then do nothing else, it's not going to be enough. My mom shared her faith with us. She, she prayed with us. Then she went and ran our children's program at the church. And then she went and ran the, the women's program at the church. And then she went and served in the food bank and, and did all of these things. But because she put her faith on display. She wanted us to see what living a life for Christ truly looked like. And lastly, continue to grow your own faith. We're never done learning. We're we're never done growing in Jesus. Attend church, attend Bible studies, attend prayer group, attend our women's ministry. Continue to grow in your faith. Because as your children's faith journey starts, whether they're little bitty or older, they're going to look for some direction and I, for me, for lots of people that starts with looking at our parents, continue to grow your faith. We are never done growing when we when we stop when we put a cap on it and go, "You know what this is where God wants me he doesn 't want me to know anything else about scripture he doesn 't want me to know anything else about my faith this is this is it. Our faith becomes stagnant, our faith becomes done we are never done growing we're never done growing in our faith we're never done growing in our parenting in our knowledge our growth is important mothers what your children needs from you is for you to be the best you that you can be and that starts with turning to Jesus over and over and over again so today I pray for the mothers of this church. I continue to lift y'all up because there is there is something so special about the love a mother can show, of the love that a mother does show. Statistics show that that on average is spent more so for younger children, mothers of younger children, or parents of younger children. I guess that mothers get about fourteen hours of direct contact with their kids a week. Compared to the eight of men. And that's there's so many different things. For some people, that's not true, but that's kind of the average. And as we look at scripture and the way scripture breaks it down as God is the head and the you know the fathers over the family, and the mothers under, and then the children, that's absolutely true. The the, the fathers, you are the, the spiritual leader of your family. But mothers, it's your job to present the gospel to your children just as much. Statistics show that you get more time with them. You get to be more more intimate with them and, and around them more and speak to them more and love on them more. Continue to show your faith. Continue to grow in your own faith. and Continue to present that through actions.